up witches welcome to my show i am super excited to announce the launch of my official patreon account by supporting me if you love my show or enjoying sup witches you can have the chance to become an active participant in my creative process as a member you receive exclusive content community access behind the scenes updates and the pride of fueling work that matters to all of the witches community from the most basic level as a basic witch all the way up to an enlightened master. I give you different opportunities to work with me one-on-one -on -one and become more intimate in the sub witches community. I will link the content in the show notes to check out my Patreon account and I hope you will consider supporting the show. Have a wicked day. I got a question from my last episode before we dive into today's topic of why I would not call myself a reformed cheater. Someone was like, you mentioned that you cheated on your boyfriend when you were 18 and you don't call yourself a reformed cheater. Why? Is this because you are a serial cheater? No, this is not what I'm saying. I would not call myself a reformed cheater because I personally believe that as someone who has cheated and as someone who has been cheated on, we all have had or will have or are capable of having thoughts of infidelity, thoughts of straying, thoughts of novelty and spontaneity with other people besides our partner. This is somewhat normal, I dare to say. We all have opportunities in our life where we will act out of indignity. We will do things that we are less than proud of. And I can't promise to anyone that I will never cheat again. Would I like to think I wouldn't? Yes, I would. But because I know that that is in me, because I know that I'm capable of it, you're probably capable of it. No one, not no one, but I am, like most people, not 100% monogamous. I would call myself monogamous. I would say that I'm loyal and faithful to my boyfriend. Would I say I would cheat on my boyfriend? No, never. But a majority of us are not monogamous. Some people choose to be monogamous, but humans are not naturally monogamous from the scientific research, it's been proven, um, depending on what literature you choose to read. So this is why I do not call myself a reform cheater, because I believe that we all have thoughts within us that can lead us to eventually stray in our relationship. And no, this is not okay. It's never okay to lie to someone. It's never okay to betray someone. And that's why I always say that we have to continually work on ourselves and expose those demons so we know what areas in us we have to improve for our relationship and for the betterment of our lives. So I just wanted to clear that up. Everyone, welcome to Sup Witches. My name is Lauren Coletti. I am both excited and also very nervous, to be quite honest with y'all, to release this episode because this is like something I've never really talked about before um, to anyone and I'm just a little nervous about it. That's why I will be titling this series the TMI series because it's way too much information, things that you probably don't need to know, but let's be real, like a lot of people probably experience or have thoughts like I do. But the thing is, most people don't talk about it, so there exists a great deal of shame around certain subjects, especially when it comes to our sexuality. Um, I will be trying to talk a little bit lower than usual, 
because I am recording this at my boyfriend's house and his mom and sister are home and that is the last thing I need is for them to be hearing about my sexual fantasies. So <laughs> please don't mind that. Um, I hope everyone's doing good today. Today I'm recording this is St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day, y'all. I'm not Irish at all. Um, I'm actually, one listener asked me what nationality is I am. Um, and I am American, obviously. I was born in America, but my grandparents were not from America. Um, I was adopted. In case any of you don't know, if you're new here, welcome. I'm so happy to have you part of the witch family. But uh, I am mostly Spanish, so I'm Hispanic as in Puerto Rican and Peruvian. Um, I am also Asian. I am Chinese. I am Moroccan and Nigerian, so I am Black, and I am French and Italian. So my ancestors got around everywhere (laughs) on the globe, essentially, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Where are y'all from? I would love to know. And yeah, so I'm not Irish, but it's St. Patrick's Day, and with COVID still being a thing, obviously COVID will be here for a while. I doubt anyone can really celebrate, but I hope you all have a fun night anyway. So I'm doing well, and thank you for tuning in. Today we're going to be talking more about sex. I got a lot of good feedback from my last episode, got a lot of listens and downloads in a pretty short amount of time, so thank you everyone for liking and sharing and subscribing, and let's talk a little bit more about sex because this is something that's been on my mind a little bit. So last week, my boyfriend and I didn't have sex for like a whole week. And I was talking about this in therapy yesterday. So I was inspired to do a podcast about it. And we didn't have sex for maybe like five, six days. And when you're used to having sex, like every day, going even like three days without sex, it feels like what's wrong here? Like, why are we not connecting? I felt super detached and just disconnected from Nick, um, my boyfriend who I've been dating. And it's great. Um, And I didn't really understand why, but I wasn't craving sex at all. And this happens to me where my sex drive kind of goes and waxes and wanes. And as a woman, you know, this is largely due to our menstrual cycles. The period or the stage of our menses and where we are in our cycle has a lot to do with our libido and our sex drive. So I think this is pretty normal, but I kind of freaked out because... I also started keto, by the way, last week, so that could have a great deal to do with it. Mood changes and just overall motivation (laughs) to do anything when you first start a new diet. But I started getting upset because it crossed my mind that I have a lot of resentment around sex. Uh, Trigger warning before we proceed, I will be talking about sexual abuse and things like that, but I never really had a great healthy relationship with sex because I have a long history of sexual trauma, uh, being assaulted and raped multiple times uh, by people who proclaimed they love me or by people who I thought were my friends or whatever, you know, all that good stuff. So I always felt an obligation to have sex or like my body wasn't mine. Uh, I always was conditioned from a pretty early age, as most women are, that sex is not for us, it's for our bodies to please the man and we're kind of just a tool to get them off and we have to be fuckable and look sexy at all times because that's our job as women i'm gonna throw up be right back but so many of us actually as women have pretty 
negative connotations when it comes to our sexuality. We use our sexuality to manipulate others to get stuff from other people. Um, and this isn't to place blame on anyone. It's just the way that we're brainwashed in America, at least. So I thought last week, I was like, you know, it's been a couple days since I haven't had sex with Nick. And I felt guilty about that. I felt like I owed it to him as his girlfriend to sleep with him. And anytime I don't have sex with him, if we go a night without having sex, I start to feel like ashamed or bad that he wanted it, but I didn't give it to him. So now he's resentful of me. And obviously this is me just projecting all of my baggage onto him when that very well is probably not true at all. But I've never really been in a relationship before, a healthy relationship, one, but a relationship where it wasn't expected of me to give up my body for my partner. I've been in relationships, one very sexually violent relationship in particular, where if I didn't have sex with my partner, oh boy, like it would never happen because I would always have sex with him because if I didn't, there was so much retaliation. Like I would hear it for days He would guilt trip me. He would just install all this fear in me, threaten me, use it against me, say that other girls would be dying to have sex with him and I wouldn't sleep with him. And mind you, this would be if I didn't have sex with him like one day. (laughs) So I've had a lot of negative experiences around my sexuality and my body. So we obviously carry our past into our future sometimes if we don't tend to and mend those wounds. And I do have a lot of wounds going on around my own body, my own pleasure, my own sexuality. So it's like five days that me and Nick don't have sex and I start kind of lashing out on him. I start getting mad at him and I was so tempted to text him and be like, is there a reason why we haven't had sex? Like, do you not want to have sex with me? And totally like reflecting everything I was thinking and blaming it on him. Granted, I didn't do it, and I was very proud of myself. (laughs) But it could be really hard to break out of the toxic dynamics in which are so comfortable for us, especially as survivors of trauma. So, I had we eventually had sex, um, and everything is good now. In case you're wondering, thanks for asking. But these thoughts started going through my mind of like, maybe I'm not fit for a relationship anymore. And I started freaking out because I'm like, why don't I want to have sex with my boyfriend? Am I tired of him? No. Is there other people I want to be sleeping with? Definitely not. Um, I was just having all these ruminating like perseverations around I'm not fit for a long-term commitment. Um, I'm not cut out to be a girlfriend. Like maybe I'm not monogamous because I don't want to sleep with like all this stuff that just didn't make sense all this crazy making going on in my head. That inner critic was hella freaking loud. So I did eventually text Nick in that span of like five to seven days. I was like, are you mad at me? He wasn't, but I was just being petty. (laughs) Sometimes a girl's got to be petty, you know, but I just eventually, unfortunately I had sex with him for the wrong reasons, breaking that like five, seven day fast sex fast. Um, because I felt like I assumed, you know what they say about assuming, I assumed that if I didn't have sex with him, he was going to like binge watch porn, hire a like cam girl to get him off. And there's nothing wrong with 
if you enjoy porn, watching porn, obviously if it interferes with your daily activities in life, like then it's a problem. Porn addiction is a fucking huge real thing. But I personally choose to not engage in porn because I'm too, like I know too much about the porn industry when it comes to sex trafficking and all this horrible stuff that porn perpetuates and just rape culture as a whole. But I understand guys watch porn, girls watch porn. You do you, but try to, you're more towards like feminist porn, by the way, if you're a feminist like I am. Super empowering. Anyway, I get people watch porn, but for me, I'm never going to be that like micromanaging, controlling girlfriend and tell my boyfriend you can't watch porn. But if he does watch it, I just don't want to know. If he were going to watch it, I'd prefer we watch it together, but... What hurts me about porn is this idea that I made my truth that when a guy watches porn that I'm dating, he's wishing he was fucking a girl who isn't me. He's literally, quite literally fantasizing and dreaming about sleeping with another girl and that girl isn't me. So it just feels hurtful. It feels like I'm not being chosen. It feels like what I have to give them isn't good enough. And I understand I have all these negative beliefs around men as a whole, which I'm working on. I do hold a lot of resentment around men as like men are never satisfied with what they have. They always want more. And if I, I know I have male listeners, so please like, this is my own baggage that I'm working on. I know this isn't true. I know not all men are like this, just like all women aren't perfect angels. You know, no one's perfect. But I have to work on that because I'm very well. My therapist made me realize I'm bringing all that shit into my relationship. So there's that. And then I've talked to my therapist around sexual fantasies, which was really random yesterday because I wasn't going into the session thinking about talking about it, but somehow it just came out. And she suggested I bring up sexual fantasies with Nick and like a real mature adult communicate in bed and about sex and our sex life and our fantasies and mutual desires. Um, And as being someone that literally in like two, three months, I will be a sex therapist. Yay. Super exciting. And I'm going into my doctoral program, quite literally studying mating and human sexual behavior. I know a decent amount about this stuff. I'm a sex educator and this is what I've spent my life studying. So it's really funny how we can know it and have the insight and the awareness, but following through and actually applying things into our daily lives could be so hard. Like, have you ever met a therapist who is just like a completely mean person or a psychiatrist or mental health professional that doesn't like they talk the talk but they don't walk the walk I think we're all guilty of this like doling out the best advice to our friends but not taking it ourselves so here I am last night trying to have a conversation around this with Nick open-minded and everything and I'm like babe do you have any sexual fantasies and before he could answer I immediately throw in there I'm like that don't include me like girl what So immediately I put him on the defensive because I'm being insecure, which I am. I'll admit I'm insecure. And he's like, uh, I guess not. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm like, why did you say you guess? Like, do you or don't you? Didn't answer the question. So my like projection immediately shut down the ability for us to have an actual productive conversation around this. And I didn't get out what I wanted to say because he clammed up and I clammed up and it was just not good. So that ended that. And he was like, do you have any? And I'm like, nope, I don't. And I know I do, but voicing that and, and speaking my truth has historically been so challenging for me. Um, but just voicing that honestly to my boyfriend was so difficult. So I just like said no, because it's easier to sometimes not tell people how we feel and keep things the same rather than go out of our comfort zone and make something uncomfortable. But I think that, you know, all these topics I talk about with y'all on this show is for you guys to get inquisitive, explore your thoughts, your emotions, your sexuality, your body, get curious, be open-minded, and then just have fun with it. Explore and just be open to different opinions and values and morals and just knowledge is power, guys. So this is why I talk about this stuff because these are the hard conversations that, you know, people are starting to have these conversations more and more as the years go by and things get more progressive, but these are the most important conversations to have because we can only go so far with someone if we're having service level conversations meant where we're like meant to protect us and we're wearing a mask, but we can never go deeper than that if we still have our guard up and a shield trying to protect ourselves. So this brings me to sexual fantasies and I have my browser right in front of me. I was doing some research and I wanted to share with you guys my sexual fantasy (laughs) because I think I really only have like one and it's not, I mean, it's normal. Don't get me wrong. Fantasies are totally normal. Everyone almost, I think, has sexual fantasies. Um, And the human mind, it just drifts from time to time. And many people, such as myself, feel ashamed of their turn-ons and their inner erotic thoughts. But no matter what your fantasy is, I mean, I'm sure other people are having it too. And the more that we talk about sexual fantasies and like normalize this conversation, I really think the less we'll beat ourselves up for having these sexual thoughts. Um, So I'm going to go through some of the main, like most popular sexual fantasies um, and just talk about it because I realize like my sexual fantasy is less unique than I thought. So one of the most common sexual fantasies is like threesomes, you know, multi-partnered sex. Um, Group sex is very common arousal for most Americans. Um, Like orgies, threesomes, it's just a sensory overload. Um, And I've never had a threesome. And many people don't believe me because I'm like in the sex, sexual health world and people think I have all these kinks and like fetishes and I have a couple, you know, but I've never had a threesome. And I would, I really would, um, with the right people. So for me, it's kind of two extremes. Like I would either have to be married to the person to have a threesome with them. Um, because boundaries are super important and you have to be very secure in your relationship before engaging in 
like swinging and things like that. Or on the opposite end of the spectrum, I would have to not care about the person at all. Like they would just have to be like a close friend or an acquaintance and like no feelings are going to get hurt. I'm not going to get butt hurt. I'm not going to get jealous because there's no strings attached, you know? Another common fantasy is BDSM, power, submission, control, rough sex. Um, This is basically about the consensual, very important word, exchange of power in a sexual and non-sexual situation. So S&M is about giving or receiving pain through things like spanking, whipping, humiliation. And many of us have engaged in this, you know, like I'm into this stuff. Granted, I do have a very bad neck and back. So like sometimes if my partner pulls my hair or something, I'm like, after five seconds, I'm like, ow, babe, can you stop? (laughs) So uh, it's not super sexy, but you do what you can. Um, And really this play is about like radical trust because it's vulnerable and vulnerability does have like a lot of arousal potential, but you have to have safe words, please. Like no one wants to get suffocated, I don't think. So please just talk about it before you do it. Um, and ask permission. Okay. Ask permission, check in, take it slow. Boundaries in the bedroom. Number one, number one thing. So the next one we'll go into, cause I'm just doing a, not a deep dive on all these cause I want to get to the good stuff. But another one is just like spontaneity, um, novelty, adventure, variety, like wearing a butt plug or having sex in the park sex sex like on the beach at night when hopefully no one's around so it's just the feeling of facing the unknown and like risking being caught that makes it all the more like mm, stimulating like heart pumping adrenaline you know um and this can keep things alive because trying something new reignites the passion, especially if you're in a long-term relationship. Just be careful. You know, I've been caught in a car by a cop and it really wasn't fun. I almost got arrested. So uh, yeah, just check your surroundings and be smart. Another one that we're going to go into is non-monogamy. This is like open relationships, polyamory, and I don't want to kind of make this seem abnormal because these are all normal. I'm just going through the most common. So you've heard of swinging, um, but the relationship really needs to have like a healthy and a happy structure. And, you know, people fantasize about their partner sleeping with others. So we're going to get back to this one. The next one is like forbidden sex and taboo sex. So wanting what we can't have, it's just the way our brain works, right? Um, any sexual relationship or act that could get us in trouble kind of in relation to the last one uh, could be a turn on so fetishes here like licking feet um worshiping voyeurism like engaging um watching people engage in sex exhibitionism kind of like this is very similar to the last two ago um very common iterations of quote-unquote forbidden sex. Although I will say a caveat, non-consexual exhibition and voyeurism is illegal, so please don't like be a sex offender or pedophile or molester, please. Um, You could get yourself in trouble without really even meaning to. So not that I have anything like everyone's welcome here, you know, we're all working with what we got, but just, you know, use common sense. Other like 
more common, less taboo, quote unquote, ones, just passion and romance, it really makes all the difference in your relationship. Like long walks on the beach, eye contact during sex, candlelight dinners, um, they make your relationship and your sex more romantic because when your relationship is closer and doing better, your sex life is going to be doing a lot better. You know, romantic gestures go a long way. Just putting time, money, and effort in, just making your partner feel super significant. And if you find yourself fantasizing about this, it could possibly mean like you don't get appreciated in real life. So if you're in a relationship, just find out your love language is one because spending time for you might not mean the same thing it does to your partner. But uh, yeah, the last one that I'll go over before going back to the other one is just like erotic flexibility. So as many of you know, I'm part of the LGBT community. So here, what we're going to be talking about in this one is like gender bending fantasies, sexual fluidity fantasies, um, in which someone explores their own gender presentation, uh, and features of characteristics that are not quote unquote consistent with how you identify sexually. So this is just about like role play and exploring different personas. This could be really fun and creative and it allows us to tap into a part of ourselves that doesn't get out often. So being able to be or do and who you're not supposed to quote unquote do or be with your partner just creates a layer of like safety and connection and vulnerability that could bring you closer to your partner. And as always, communication is always key. So just know what your partner likes and what your partner don't like and just explore have fun sex isn't meant to be perfect it's not going to be pretty it's going to be messy um so just let yourself go because if you don't feel safe if you're holding your breath like you're not going to have good sex am i right so let's talk more about mm, non-monogamy And I talked a little bit about this in my last podcast about being bisexual. Um, I do consider myself monogamous, but ding, 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 uh, cuckolding or cuckqueening. Yeah. What is it? So for the most part, someone's fantasies are about consensual monogamy, not necessarily being cheated on. I mean, if that's your thing, you do you, girl or boy. Um, but I've never really, f- I mean, yeah, actually I have fantasized about being cheated on, but what I want to be in person, no, I really don't think I would. <laughs> but at this point, you never know where my mind's going to take me. So some people fantasize about their own non-monogamy, um, or partner, your partner sleeping with someone else. So cuckolding is the specific fantasy of letting your partner have sex with someone else but only if you get to watch or hear about it after the fact so when i looked up cuckolding what came up really was just men like and i'm don't identify as a man but uh it really resonated with me so i looked into it deeper and the term cuckqueening came up and this means a cuck queen is a woman who is aroused by her partner engaging in sex activity with another partner. The pleasure derived, I'm reading from <laughs> online by the way, the pleasure derived from the activity is masochistic in nature and might include a humili- 
Asian component. So this traditionally means um, a like humiliation component. So I guess this could be in BDSM, but the basics are from a psychological standpoint, because trust me, I do not, like, I did not understand this whatsoever. I'm like, girl, why the fuck would you fantasize about that? That's horrible. And it just felt so abnormal. And the first time it came up was like two years ago in my relationship. And I used to fantasize about this all the time when I would engage in solo sex or even when I was sleeping with my boyfriend at the time, like I would think I would vision myself as someone else, like a cute girl or a girl who was his type or a girl I knew he hooked up with in the past. Um, and I was going to say, don't judge, but you're probably judging. So whatever. Um, and I thought that I was having this fantasy because I didn't really like my ex as bad as it sounds like he was more of a brother to me than someone I wanted to fuck. So it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and then it came up quite actually like maybe a few weeks ago with Nick and I started getting so freaked out because I'm like, is it happening with Nick? Like, do I not like him anymore? Like what's going on? Because in person, like in reality, we, we know many women have rape fantasies, but no one would want to be raped in person, like in real life. Um, fantasizing, you feel safer, you have control, you can end it when you want to, rather than, you know, being taken advantage of. But I was talking to my therapist about this and she was like, why do you think you have that fantasy? Like if you were to examine and analyze it. And... I think I said because in my past relationships, they were so exciting, like they were so unhealthy and dysfunctional that like I didn't feel like I had any control. Things were crazy all the time, so it felt really arousing. And in this relationship, it's just so safe and things are very stable. And maybe that's coming up because it's a way of me having unpredictability is what she said. And I think that makes sense. You know, uh, cuckolding or cuckleaning here from a ladies usually emphasizes like degradation, um, humiliation, stemming from like the ridicule a person is likely to feel when their partner cheats on them, plays a central role of this power play dynamic. And if it's this aspect that makes this particular kink a little more taboo than others. So like many sexual fantasies, all the ones I've discussed above, there's varying degrees. You don't need to go as far as watching your partner have sex with another person. Um, you might get pleasure from listening to your partner talk about having sex with someone else, either real or imagined. Hearing details of your partner's fantasies or about their previous sexual encounters could be like a good way to dip your toe in if you're not like sure how deep you would go. And if you do want to take it further, Um, I would obviously bring this up to your partner, (laughs) but yeah, I just, I want to know that's enough for today because my time's running out to be honest, but I want to know if anyone can relate or what your fantasies are. If you've ever felt ashamed of your fantasy, because whether you bring it up or not, like boils down to whether you want to, um, and it's legal to engage in the fantasy for real. So just communicate beforehand um, maybe do some research on it just to understand it a little bit better. I mean, that's what I'm doing. And the bottom line is sexual fantasy fantasies are normal part of life. 
Some may be hot only as a fantasy and others might be things that you want to do in real life. So if you know, you're frequently having sexual fantasies about things that aren't legal, I just want to end by saying like, maybe consider meeting with a sex therapist. Um, but otherwise, just relax. Um, self-acceptance comes a long way here. Take a deep breath and just talk it out to a therapist, to your partner. Um, and odds are your partner has their own sexual fantasies that they'd like to try too. So it could be a great way to bond and just to get to know each other better. And I thank you so much for listening. Um, No matter what, if you agree with me, if you don't, if you think I'm crazy, just please be kind and respectful. It's okay to disagree with me, but it's never okay to be an asshole. Like, let's not be dicks here. No dicks invited unless, you know, wink. So I think I'm going to end this here. Thanks so much for bearing with me and listening to me. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please like, rate, subscribe, share, check out my Insta, uh, follow me, let's connect. And I hope you have a wicked day.